May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. According to ancient sources, this was a blessing that people would speak over young men who were in the final stages of the rabbinical training process. Young men who had been taken on by one rabbi or another as their disciples. So Israel, of course, is located in the Middle East, and it is a, it is a dry and it is a dusty place. And these young men who had been taken on as disciples of a particular rabbi, it was tradition for them to, to literally follow behind, to walk behind their rabbi as the rabbi taught them and instructed them in his particular body of interpretation, which I'm hoping you will remember is, was called a rabbi's yoke. Not as an egg yoke, but as an oxen yoke. So by the end of the day, the skin... And the hair of these young men would be caked in dirt that had been kicked up by the feet of their rabbi as he walked along. And so to be covered in the dust of one's rabbi, that was the mark of a good disciple. Because it it meant that you were following close behind the rabbi who had hand-selected you, who had chose you and accepted you. And it implied that, that you were learning and growing in the process. May you be covered in the dust of your rabbi. That's a pretty cool blessing. But maybe you noticed that in today's passage, the people of Jesus' hometown of Nazareth, uh, they spoke neither this blessing nor any other blessing over the disciples of Jesus. Rather, And maybe you didn't notice this because it's kind of wedged in in this story in a bit of cultural nuance. Uh, But rather than blessing the disciples of Jesus, these people insult the mother of Jesus. Did you pick up on that? Probably not. Probably not. But it's there. Uh, So this is how it went down. So Jesus and his disciples have returned to Nazareth, Jesus' hometown. And for the first time in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus is on his best behavior. He's not antagonizing any Pharisees. He's not breaking any laws. He's not violating any social norms. He's doing none of the things uh, that he was growing quite a reputation for doing. Jesus was on his best behavior. He was laying low. He was flying under the radar. But then came along the Sabbath day. And like any good, upstanding, respectable rabbi, Jesus went to the synagogue in order to teach and in order to offer his own interpretations of the scripture reading for the day. But remember, this synagogue is in Jesus' hometown. This is where he is from. So the people in the synagogue, these were the adults who helped raise them. Uh, And these were were the kids that he grew up with, the kids that that he played hopscotch with when he was little, or whatever the first century equivalent of hopscotch was back then. And and so this intimate familiarity, this small town familiarity that they had with Jesus, 
uh, at first it just added to the amazement that they had at the, the insight and the authority and the eloquence with which Jesus spoke. They looked around and they said to each other, is this the snot-nosed kid that, that, that was running around the streets of Nazareth while he was growing up? Isn't he one of us? They were amazed at what Jesus had to say. But the scripture tells us that that astonishment and that amazement, it was short-lived. It doesn't tell us why there was a change of atmosphere, a shift in the room, uh, but it tells us that there was. And we're told that this amazement and this astonishment at Jesus and his wisdom gave way to contempt and offense. All of a sudden, these same people who were moments ago praising Jesus and his wisdom were now saying, who is he to be teaching us? Doesn't Mr. Holier-than-thou's family still live here in Nazareth with us? Don't we know his brothers and his sisters? Who does he think he is? He's no better than us. And then here, here's the real clincher. They say, isn't this just Mary's son, the handyman? And, and of course, handyman is a, a loose translation here. There's some scholarly debate as to whether Jesus was a carpenter or a stonemason. It's inconsequential today, so we're just going to say handyman. Isn't that just Mary's son, the handyman? Now, to you and me, that, that sounds like a pretty straightforward description of who Jesus was, even if it may sound a little bit dismissive. Indeed, Jesus was the mother, or the son, rather, of Mary, and indeed Jesus was a handyman. That's a pretty straightforward description to us. However, we need to, to keep in mind that, that first century Palestine, this was a patriarchal society. And sons were always, always, always identified by their father's name even if that father was dead. So that is to say, sons were never, ever, ever identified by their mother's name. And to do so was to imply some things about the character of your mother. So in effect, what they were saying, and these are strong words, so... Gird your loins for this, but the rhetorical effect of what they're saying is they're calling Mary a whore and they're calling Jesus her bastard son. That is what they are saying about Jesus. And those words, they cut him deep. They cut them, him to his, his very core. Uh, and we know that because we're, we're told that after this, Jesus is able to muster a couple healings, uh, but other than those, he's able to do nothing remarkable, says the scripture. So this insult and this rejection, it, it hit Jesus, and it hit Jesus hard. But it wasn't long, was it? It wasn't long before Jesus, Jesus took this rejection and he transformed it into something new something beautiful, something useful, something life-giving. And I don't want to give away the, how, how this Jesus story ends, but maybe there's a little bit of foreshadowing going on here. 
where Jesus receives the rejection of people who are supposed to love him and transforms it into something new. For more on that, come to our Easter service in a couple months' time. Uh, but Jesus receives this direction. He feels the pain and the sting of that insult fully. Uh, but then he learns from it, doesn't he? And he turns it into a teaching with which he then equips his disciples uh, as he's about to send them out uh, to minister on their own for the very first time. And he says to them this, he says, If you go to a place and they do not welcome you, or they do not listen to, to what you have to say, go away and wipe the dust from your feet. If people reject you and do not listen to what you have to say, just go away and wipe the dust from that place and from those people off your feet and keep on moving. I think the, the words of the prophet from long ago summarize this teaching best. Haters going to hate, 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 hate. So you just got to shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake it off, shake it off. That's the Bible, right? That's yeah. T Swift 360. So what what Jesus is saying here, right? Is oh, sorry. Uh, with these teachings, right? What we have to remember is that this is coming out of rejection Jesus experienced at the hands, at the mouth, at the lips of the people who knew him the best. His oldest friends, his closest neighbors, those who knew him from the time he was a baby, those people who, who you would have assumed would have loved and supported him no matter what. No matter what. And moreover, we need to keep in mind that this is advice he's giving to his disciples as he's sending them out on just a regional mission. So they're, they're not going to the, the four corners of the earth. They're staying in the area and they're ministering to people that they know. So what Jesus is saying here is you can't let people who know the old you, people who are invested in your old status quo, you can't let them hinder the new work that God is trying to accomplish in your life. You cannot let them hinder the new person that God is calling you to be. It doesn't matter how close a friend was. It doesn't matter how close a family member was. It doesn't matter how close of a confidant someone was. If they are hindering the path, the journey that God is calling you on, you need to dust them off of your skin. Don't let it linger there for long. So this, I think, it is a, this is an inspirational teaching. It's meant to be motivational. It's meant to be useful. Uh, and for us, I think it is also a timely teaching, isn't it? Because uh, a lot of us, we're going to be heading home together around Thanksgiving tables with our family and our old friends. And then after Thanksgiving, there's Christmas dinner with our family and our old friends. And then there, there's maybe New Year's dinner. God help you if you're doing that tradition with your family and friends. And what this passage is inviting us to do is to remember, 
is that while these people might have known who we, who we once were, right, they don't get the, the final say in who we are and who we are becoming. They don't get, get the final say in the journey that we're walking as we follow our rabbi. So as you leave those dinner tables, and there, there's some lingering rejection from those conversations that you've been having over turkey, Jesus is saying, just dust it off your feet and go on your way. You have work to do, and you have no time for that nonsense. So friends, this holiday season and beyond, may you not be covered in the dust of those who scorn the person you are or the person you are even becoming. Friends, this holiday season and beyond, may you not be covered in the dust who don't understand this new life that you're building for yourself and for your family, this new path that God is leading you on. This holiday season and beyond, may you not be covered in the dust of those who think the work of mercy and justice and compassion is just a fool's errand. And instead, instead, friends, may you be covered in the dust of the one who knew you before you were even knit in your mother's womb and called you to important work in this world. May you be covered in the dust of the one who knows your every gift and grace, every flaw and foible, and loves you just the same. May you be covered in the one who who handpicked you, who accepted and chose you as his disciple. Friends, may you be covered in the dust of our rabbi, Jesus Christ. Amen.